Welcome to the Make You Famous podcast, where host Jeffrey Goldsmith talks with guests about fame and how to achieve it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Goldsmith, and check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. Always innovating on his life, Stephen Hoffman, known as Captain Hoff, has tried more professions than cats have lives, from game designer to venture capitalist. After starting three venture-funded startups in Silicon Valley, Hoffman launched Founderspace with the mission to educate and accelerate entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs. Founderspace has become one of the top startup accelerators in the world. Welcome, Steve. Hello. Great to be here. Well, thanks for coming. So, Thank you for um, having me. Sure, Steve. So I, I've known you for a long time. You know, I went back and looked, and I met you in 2010. And I came to some early events when you were just starting Founderspace. Now you have over 50 partners in 22 countries. What were some key choices you made to go from there to here? I can tell you. So when we first met, I was really just beginning. It was an experiment for me. I didn't even think of it as a full-time job. I was just out there kind of helping friends, doing different, like you. You know, we're guys here in Silicon Valley. We've both done a lot. And I was helping out a lot of my friends get funded at the very beginning. You know, they came to me because I had done startup. Where do you go? How do you get this done? So I was helping them do that. And then I saw an opportunity. And I think really one of the keys to growing a business, to becoming famous, to doing anything uh, that grows into something much larger is to recognize an opportunity when you see it. <laughs> so there are opportunities all around us every day. And, you know, most of us just walk right past them. We never see them, including me. You know, if I saw all these opportunities, I would have started Uber or Airbnb or all these other things, but I didn't. I didn't see those opportunities. Um, but at least I found one opportunity that I did see at the right time and I was in the right place to do it. And that was um, we had to position ourselves as different than everybody else. So when you are doing uh, anything in business, if you are the same as all your competitors, you are instantly in uh, 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 everybody is destroys everybody mode. Right? <laughs> You're just like it's ultra competitive, and there's it's very hard for you to get out ahead of somebody else and actually make waves and become known for something because you're just doing what everybody does. So there's nothing special about you. What I saw at the so, at the so, early so, so I get it. So make a choice that 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 distinguishes you from other people. Okay. Yes. And and, in in my business in particular, I saw there are a lot of incubators here in Silicon Valley, a lot of people doing a lot of great stuff, um, like Y Combinator is out there, 500 startups, you know, all they were ahead of us. But I saw that there was an opening, that innovation was happening globally. Startups were sprouting up all over the world, and each of them had different advantages and disadvantages. These countries, you know, everything from Israel doing, you know, high-tech security stuff to Germany with their uh, uh, precision uh, machine uh, mechanics, all that, and in mm -hmm. China and all these other markets. I thought we will position founder space as the global incubator and accelerator. So instead of just bringing startup founders to Silicon Valley like our competitors, we would bring Silicon Valley to them. And that was the fundamental decision at just the right time because that's what the market wanted. There were all these startup founders all around the world who really wanted to form startups both here in Silicon Valley, learn from us, but also do it in their home country. And we became the ones to kind of export the knowledge of Silicon Valley around the world. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So now, you know, coming from that, you just came back from China, and I, I followed your exploits on on Facebook. Well, yeah, you were crazy. speaker. <laughs> yeah, you were speaker at all these events. You got a lot of press. But the the phrase "with great power comes great responsibility" comes to mind. So, what does that mean for you? It's a you you're in a position of high public visibility, international relations. So, what sure, does this sure. mean? So it's funny because you know I'm well known here in Silicon Valley now because of founder space. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm even better known abroad <laughs> because we, you know, because we took that opportunity to become kind of the leader in, in global. So now I'm literally spending 70% of my time traveling. As you mentioned, I spend a lot of it in China and um, in China, I've actually become a superstar there. Like it's, it's bizarre to me. <laughs> I don't even right. understand. I don't even, you know, you say, how do you get famous? I don't even quite understand how it happened, but my, my, I'll just I'll just enlighten you on this point, and then I'll get to your responsibility question. Mm-hmm. But my feeling was it happened because we had founder spaces already successful here, and our mission was to bring Silicon Valley abroad, and we came there at just the right time with founder space. And that mm-hmm. just being there at the right time with the right thing, uh, more than anything else, is what propelled us very quickly uh, into kind of the star player for incubation in China if people wanted to get the knowledge we have in Silicon Valley. And um, and so that was amplified even more abroad than it is in our own country. Now, because I'm so well-known in places like China, Korea, Taiwan, all, all those countries, um, what you asked the question about responsibility, and I've actually thought about this quite a bit, because I feel like, you know, I don't want my life just to be about making just money, because, well, we all want to make money. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and it's That's... and it's nice it's nice to be well known, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it gives you a lot of power to do a lot of things. But I also want to make the world a better place. So right. when I'm in China, I know that a lot of I, I actually come to understand that a lot of Chinese uh, they face a lot of the same problems we do, but they don't really have a lot of people helping them deal with that. And that is in Asian countries in particular, like China and Korea and. Taiwan and places like that in Japan where I spend a lot of time, failure is looked down upon. It's really hard to fail. Like once you fail, people don't want to give you a second shot. They only want people who succeed. And we have learned here in Silicon Valley that, you know, failing many times is fine as long as you can learn from it and progress. So part of my responsibility is to help the entrepreneurs, not just with their business and their business model, which we do very well, but also with how to deal with failure how to deal with the really hard struggles that all of us go through when we're doing any business. And Jeff, you know them as well as I do. I mean, it's tough, yep. right? We try, yep. we try yep. stuff all, I've tried stuff my whole life and, you know, more hasn't worked than has worked. <laughs> more of the stuff you, like, <laughs> you know, in, in, in early, I was at a dinner party in Hamptons at a friend of mine's dad's house. And we, yeah. there was a, a couple from Hollywood there. And the woman was like a she she was like a, a set decorator or an art director on films, and she said to me, "Never stop trying, Jeff." And it made <laughs> such a huge impression on me my entire life. You know, I've got another tips like that, but that. So if you go to someone who's failed and you tell them never stop trying, and they really get it deeply, that's a very empowering step. It is. 
It is. And so part of my responsibility with my, because I'm a big voice uh, in Asia right now, is mm-hmm. to talk to them about my own failure, like about things that I did that didn't go right. And I was like, well, look, if I would have given up on, on my first startup, you know, which didn't work, <laughs> I wouldn't even be here today. And, right. you know, Bill, Bill Gates' first startup, it was a failure. It was like the second one that actually became Microsoft. And you look at all these uh, great people out there, and they're either all very close to failure at one point in their life, like it could have just the flip of a coin, or they actually uh, did fail many times, and then they made it. So to me, the great responsibility is a couple things. One, it's emotional support for the entrepreneurs, letting them know, uh, giving them uh, the, the strength to actually go out there when things aren't working and to get up again and try. Also giving them the tools to actually do it, the practical business advice. And then um, some of it is I am really trying uh, – like I've made my mission. I could do many missions uh, uh, when I'm out there. And in China, everybody's trying to make a quick buck. I mean, it's a society where get the money. <laughs> the Chinese will tell you right. more than anybody. So, like, you know, go for the quick cash. And I'm trying to teach them that, that, that you know, although – your society tells you status is based on being wealthy to us, at least in America, for many of us, although, you know, we do kind of idolize wealthy people. A lot of us believe that how you live your life is more important than, than whether you're rich or poor or anything like that, the decisions you make. So I'm trying to live by myself. And I have been, you know, throughout my life, uh, really, Every decision I make, and I want my entrepreneurs to know every decision they make, they should feel proud of. Because at the end of the day, there's so many factors in the world that will determine whether you succeed or fail. And most of those are out of your control. Like They literally Mm. are not in your control. But what is in your control is the decisions you make and how you feel about them. And so you should focus on that. You should focus on what decisions you make. How, how, and if you're proud of those every step of the way, you haven't failed. You've already succeeded. You're way ahead of than a lot of other people who might get more acclaim, be more famous, be richer, but you're ahead of them because you know you haven't compromised yourself. So I, I interviewed a, a, a Dr. Donna Rockwell, who's a, yes. a, a psychotherapist for celebrities in New York. And yes. um, she's, she's going to be on another podcast. And she talked about um, the fact that you know, when people become well-known, it can be, it's lonely at the top. You become then objectified by people who meet you. You mistrust people's motivations, all of these negatives. You have no more privacy. But one thing that can help you um, surmount those issues is having a purpose. Yes. Having a higher purpose. Yes. You know? Like Elon Musk has his purpose, right? We're going to Mars. Right. <laughs> I'm going to exactly. We're going to Mars gonna... in the Tesla, you know, via Hyperloop. <laughs> yeah, that's what actually made him so strong, right? Because he had this yep. firm belief that he was going to save humanity by taking us yep. off I, this planet. <laughs> it's, fun, it's, it's funny you mention him because I do talk about him in the book because there's yeah. this kind of, it's the chapter about going galactic. It's like if you have really big ideas, you can become a famous CEO. And if so you can I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give you some other advice. So one is having a purpose, and I do have my purpose. You know, it's to, it's right. to really, right. our purpose is educating people. So that's my passion. That's what I like. I love to see, uh, you know, young people's eyes light up when they're learning something and they're like really excited and they feel good about it. Um, and they're mm-hmm. making the world a better place. But, uh, the other thing that I found is that a lot of people, when they become famous, they can be, they can 
you know, people treat you differently. They also treat you ni- more nicely. They roll out the red carpet. They're doing all these things for you. And you kind of get spoiled. And you can become insensitive to how, how other people feel, you know? And mm-hmm. so what another thing, in addition to having a purpose, which I think is really important, I also think it's good to focus on making other people feel good about themselves. So when yeah. I engage with people there, I don't think about how they might just want to use me to get what they want because a lot of them do now, right? Because I'm well-known. Oh, yeah. So they can bring me to the government or they can bring me to other business you know, partners and they can get a deal done or, you know, whatever they want out of um, our relationship. Right, right. You know, right. usually Everything. they don't – it's not me that they care about. It's what they can get out of it. But I tend not to focus on that. So what I try mm-hmm. to do is I try to focus on the positive. Like how can I help people in a realistic way? You can't help everybody. Like that me too. But I try to be polite to everybody. I try never to just blow people off. I always respond. I have learned to say no to like 98% of the things that come in because it's impossible to respond to everybody. Right. But, um, but I'm always courteous to them. And when I meet them, I always try to be nice. And I always try to listen to what to them and really understand what they want. And then if I can give them something like a connection or advice or whatever, or just my time, I will, I will make my best effort to do that without being rude or in a rush or, or things like that. And that also makes it, then you're focused more on like that than you are on like, are they trying to use me or, you know, <laughs> so that you, right. you end up not focusing on that because you're more focused on how you can be, you know, you can be courteous and help them and, and you feel be better. Service, yeah. yeah, you feel better. You don't feel like this. I actually don't distrust people. Like even though I know there's people who I shouldn't trust, um, yeah. you know, honestly, I don't have to worry about it unless I'm going to do a big, deep business deal with them. I just be nice to them and, you know, try to make them a little happier so that they're nice to other people <laughs> at the end of yeah. the day. That's, that's a really great way of looking at it. So yeah. I have one final question for you. Yeah. And this is, you know, yeah. we, we've touched on some little advice yeah. for young people. So yeah. People often feel defeatist, like they can't. Oh, totally. Like, <laughs> I have this dream, but there's no way yeah. I can do that. But you have struck me. I, I'm I'm a very positive person too. But you, you, you are. are also <laughs> super positive. Thanks, Steve. You, you're, you're also you've struck me as a super positive person, and you clearly are. So, what advice do you have for young people to how to stay positive, how to overcome this defeatist attitude we have that you know I'm not privileged or I didn't go to Harvard. Not to denigrate yeah. people who graduated from Harvard who are listening to this. <laughs> But let's wait, denigrate them. <laughs> they deserve a little no. humbling. A little humbling. But, but there's people who went to San Jose State that, and they're they're successful that I know. Like, how do you stay positive when you might be yes. feeling negative about yourself? Yeah. And, and your so situation? all of us, all of us, me included, you know, go through our moments where we're down. I mean, it's you know, you're human. It's it's like you didn't. You'd have to. It'd be impossible. <laughs> there right. Be a few few people out there who are blessed with the genetics that they are just completely sunny, you know, they always see the bright side of everything. But, you know, I'm more of a normal person. Uh, So, you know, there have been times with my past companies where I've completely doubted everything about myself. I felt like a failure. I felt like I don't even know if I'm on the right track. Am I wasting my time? You know, why did I do this? All these different things, emotional things. I have come uh, actually to my own philosophy of dealing with this. Um, and it has made me much, much stronger as a, as a person. But it took me a long time. So uh, it took me a lot of 
struggle I actually had to go through. Uh, you didn't know me in those days. Now you know me, and <laughs> and, 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 and I'm a, I'm a little different person. But uh, some of what I did was uh, absolutely uh, carrying a little – I don't put all the emphasis on the results I can get. So this is the key. When you are feeling down, you're feeling down because you didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve, and you're looking to blame something, and usually you blame yourself. Like, oh, I didn't do it. You know, I failed, blah, 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 blah. But what I do is I actually uh, don't I – stop, I stop myself from going down that path, that negative path. There's nothing positive I've learned that can be achieved by doing that. So what I do when things don't work out is I try to do a couple things. So number one, I, I never blame myself for doing it. I'm just like, wow, that happened, right? It happened. And I look forward, what can I do next time, automatically going on to the next time, to actually improve my odds of doing it? What can I take away from this experience that will give me a better chance of succeeding next time? And then the mm-hmm. next, next thing I do, which is uh, equally important, is I uh, don't judge myself by uh, these artificial goals that I put in my head. Like a lot of us, and especially when you're young, you think, by this age, i got to be doing this. By this time, I've got to be doing this, you know, or I am not successful. So, but those are, that's setting yourself up for failure. And it's setting yourself up for depression and self-doubt. So what I do instead is I uh, don't care about the outcome. I care about uh, uh, how I'm, what I'm getting right now out of doing what I'm doing. So every time I go out there, I feel like, wow, if this doesn't work out, I don't care. I'm just going to keep going. And and the strategy I have is I get a lot of things going at once. So I'm very focused on just our one business, but I get a lot of opportunities coming in for that business at once, and I know that most of those will not work out. And when they don't work out, I don't give them a second thought. I'm like, oh. Why didn't that work out? What could have we done differently? Okay, I think I understand. Now I'm moving on to the next. So you just, you, you don't just put all, all your focus on one thing, and if it doesn't work out, you're crushed. Um, but that doesn't mean be unfocused, doing like 20 things at once that are different. Be focused on achieving one goal, but have many different strategies towards getting to that goal. So there are many ways you can get to that goal, and what you want to do is inch forward. Especially as a young person, a lot of times you think it should be easy, but us who are a little more mature and have gone through a lot, no, it isn't easy. There's always obstacles. It's like really, really hard to do something unless you just get incredibly lucky. So you've got to be happy with that, that, to know that you're going to make very small steps. And you might take one step forward, two steps back, then four steps forward, two steps back, and another five steps forward. And you just keep inching up the mountain. And if you keep inching up long enough, like, you know, when I go hiking, I'll look at this huge mountain. It's like seem impossible, but eventually I'll be on the top. <laughs> if I don't give up, I will get on the top of that mountain. And in life, it's sort of like you just got to keep inching up. <laughs> you know, I, I was in a thing recently, and I mentioned yeah. to someone that I was working on this book, and he said, tell me the easiest way I could become famous. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like the quick fix. We all want that. It, yeah. it, it's, it's like, you know, Keno Reeves in um, – in the Matrix, I yeah. know Kung Fu. <laughs> well, it just doesn't happen that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's a lot. Well, there's luck involved, which you can't control, right? And and yeah. but there's opportunities involved, which you can try to spot. 
And then there's a lot of hard work and setbacks and little steps forward that you just kind of have to grind through. And what you want to do, I think the essence of it is you want to make going those little steps uh, fun and not painful. Because when you're enjoying taking those steps, it's great. If you're just looking at, my God, I have to get to this huge goal, <laughs> it's like it can be totally demoralizing and exhausting because it'll seem like you'll exactly. never get there. You know, they say that people – now, I've read – I've seen documentaries that people who have gotten – like their plane has crashed somewhere or they got, you know, caught on this mountain and in a blizzard and they had to get out of there and they broke both legs and they're crawling or whatever it is, right? And what mm-hmm. they did was they didn't think of how impossible it was to get out of that remote location. What they did was they would literally set short-term goals. They would say, my long-term goal, of course, is to get out of here alive. <laughs> that seems like the odds are like 98% chance I'm going to be dead. But they don't focus on the 98% chance of death. You know, they focus on, what? Oh, well, can I get to that next tree? Or can I get to that next rock? Because I know if I can get to that next rock, then I have gone somewhere, and then I'll think right. about where to go next. In, if, if, literally, if, only, if I only could find an ant that I could eat, and then another yes, yes. If I can find a darn ant, I will last a little bit longer. And they, exactly. if they, uh, they focus on the next rock and the next tree. So my advice to all of your people who want to be famous is don't focus on the, the like getting out of here alive or becoming famous, which both of those are like ninety eight percent chance you'll fail or ninety nine. Focus on the next rock or next tree you need to get to to get to that point. And then keep focusing on those rocks and trees <laughs> until you eventually claw your way up <laughs> or out. Perfect. Out of well, obscurity. You. Claw your way out of obscurity and into fame and fortune. <laughs> I like how this conversation has devolved yeah. into like yeah, 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 yeah. dirt. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Becoming famous is like crawling on your belly with both your legs broken through dirt, over rocks, over tree stumps, through rivers, just dragging yourself up there, trying to get to the top of the mountain. So just quoting on this, becoming famous is like having both of your legs broken and crawling up the, uh, Mount Everest, right? <laughs> you can do that. Get to awesome. the top. Then you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> then you All deserve right, it. Steve. You deserve it. <laughs> well, th- thank you very, very much for your time. Yeah. And, you know, good luck in your next program. Sure. Sure. I always so, love talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. right, we'll, we'll talk again soon, man. Take great. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the book at makeyoufamous.co.